Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Everything feels right again this summer in the tennis universe. Another thrilling and historic Wimbledon is in the books. And we're looking ahead to a great return at the U.S. Open in six weeks. But this weekend, the focus is on Newport, Rhode Island. These legends of the game will have their legacies cemented with induction into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. We welcome you to this special Hall of Fame edition of TC Live right now. And welcome to this Hall of Fame edition of TC Live presented by Fidelity. The countdown is on. 30 minutes away from inducting the 2021 and 2020 classes to the International Tennis Hall of Fame in beautiful Newport, Rhode Island. Our Brett Haber will be leading the ceremonies that begin shortly. But first, we get you ready here from our Santa Monica studios. Steve Weissman in a Hall of Fame sandwich. we got the class of 1992, Tracy Austin, the class of 2002, Pam Shriver. And the two of you, as Noah said, go back to 12 and unders, first time on television together. All right, Pammy. I think we met the year of the Battle of the Sexes in 73, so we knew it was going to be a great time for all of us. Savannah, Georgia. 12 nationals. Playing cards. From Savannah, Georgia to Newport, Rhode Island. That's uh, right. Pretty special coming together. And this year, a special class, Pam, because we have two classes in one because of COVID last year. Yeah, there's a lot of big tennis events that have had to wait, and uh, this wait has been special. Um, it's going to result in an amazing ceremony, not only a couple of great individuals, a coach in the contributor category, but the original nine. Tracy and I were so excited for this. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting because this is, I think, in the tennis family, we know, okay, Wimbledon, then you kind of have a letdown. But it's only a few days later that everybody starts to think of Newport and the Tennis Hall of Fame and these players that are going to be part of there's only 213 players that are in the hall and it, it's such a momentous day and so emotional. I want to hear the speeches. I cannot wait to hear the speeches. In fact, later in the show, we're going to hear Tracy and Pam's speeches from back in the day. But first, let's get you caught up on who we are going to see later this evening get inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. Conchita Martinez, who won Wimbledon in 1994, got to number two in the world. Goran Ivanisevic, the same thing. Won Wimbledon title in 2001. That was as a wild card. Also got to number two in the world. Both of those players now coaching future Hall of Famers as well in Novak Djokovic, Garbina Muguruza. You got the original nine. The first group to be inducted into the Hall of Fame and legendary coach Dennis Vandermeer as well. The teacher of all teachers, shall we say. We're going to talk about Billie Jean King a little bit later. And there are three of the original nine already in the Hall of Fame. But Tracy, how important is this for the other six members of the original nine? This is so important. I don't think that they get enough accolades for what they did. I mean, they really risked their livelihood and they risked their careers because they felt that they were not being treated fairly. They were not getting paid equally to the men. It was men were getting paid eight times more. 
And so you see that three of those ladies, Nancy Ritchie, Billie Jean King, and Rosie Casals, are already in. But for these other ladies, there was risk of them not playing. They weren't going to be playing the Grand Slams. The USTA, who six, seven of these players played for the U.S., uh, said that they were going to get sanctions against them. So they felt that it was a must. They went out and they did it. They were extremely brave. And all the current players, including Pam and myself, I mean, we really stand on the shoulders of, of these ladies to go forward and, and break away from the establishment and start their own tour. And while there's only nine uh, in the original nine, there were a lot of other women players. A lot were from Europe. This all formed in September, a time of year where the European players were back in Europe. You did have the two Australians. I want to tell, give Judy Dalton a little shout-out because she's in lockdown, full lockdown mode down in Melbourne. She can't make it for this. Uh, Carrie uh, Reed has lived in the United States for decades, so she's able to make it there. Um, this is one of the most special days, uh, to me, of the Hall of Fame ever. To be able to go from signing those $1 contracts, and now women tennis players make more money than any other professional athletes in the world. Naomi Osaka this past year just made more money than any female athlete in history. And that all really started with Billie Jean King and the original nine. We'll talk more about them later. But, Tracy, you mentioned those speeches we are so excited to hear. Let's hear some of what Tracy and Pam said when they got inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. To think that I'm in the same group as Don Budge, Jack Kramer, Rod Laver, Billie Jean King, Althea Gibson... Suzanne Langland, all of those people that have already been inducted into the Hall of Fame, to think that now I'm in that group is, is amazing to me. It's, it's quite overwhelming. And to be given an honor like this for something that I love so much, something that has been such a huge part of my life, is, is also tremendous. This day is one of the most emotional days. I've already cried about six, seven times. But thanks to tennis, Writers and voters, I want to thank them for including me with an incredible group of champions that's up there in the museum. And I really hope that everybody here, before you leave, either today or tomorrow after the finals, you go up to that museum and you visit all the great players from the late 1800s all the way through to today. It's a remarkable museum and hall of fame. And I want to thank everybody here that makes this great monument to our sport possible. Very true. I mean, that museum is incredible. What, what advice would you give to those giving speeches today? Well, I hear the original nine are each been given 90 seconds. Now, what are the odds that we're going to have everybody stay within 90 seconds? You know, I think is to be um, organized with what you want to say, have like an overriding message, um, bring in some humor and some emotion and just let it rip because it's one of the greatest lifetime memories you'll ever have. Yeah, and for me, it's just to enjoy it. I mean, you could tell that I was so emotional. I think, Pam, you were so emotional. You're told that you're going to get into the Hall of Fame. That's not something that you dream about at the beginning of your career. You dream of being number one in the world. You dream of winning a major. But then when you get told you're going to be in the Hall, it's wonderful. But you get there, it's more overwhelming because you go into that beautiful museum and you see the history before you, and it just feels so much more real. You're getting... You're getting the accolades that you've put in, all your achievements that you've had, and it's kind of a stamp of approval. And it's the bow at the end of your career. It was a very special weekend. And to, to enjoy it with friends and families and, and, and family that were so important to you. And, and it's truly for all time. You get immortalized in the tennis landscape. 
You're wearing the ring uh, <laughs> that you get there. I lost, I lost mine. <laughs> Did you lose yours? Yeah. But we got we actually got same. ours on the same day in LA. in L.A. And this is actually the first time I've ever worn it. It is. Ever. It, it's so big. It, <laughs> it, it, it's so big. But I actually kind of love it. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And, and what it represents, obviously, is, is very, very special. And the reason why I lost it, because I actually did wear mine a fair bit, and then I think it's somewhere left in a safe in a, in a New York hotel. Oh, no. Yeah. Check eBay. See if somebody <laughs> found it. <laughs> we need to get you another ring. I mean. I have a poor record on rings, so we'll let that go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, those getting rings at some point. Conchita Martinez will be getting a Hall of Fame ring. 1994 Wimbledon champion defeated Martina Navratilova in the final. I mean, this was her hero growing up. What stands out to you, Tracy, about Conchita Martinez? Well, I actually called this match for NBC, and I felt like it was Martina Navratilova who was the favorite going in. She'd already won Wimbledon nine times. Conchita was thought of as more of a clay court specialist. But what stood out for me was the way that Conchita passed Martina routinely off the backhand wing. Now, Martina wasn't coming in on Conchie's forehand because that is the stronger weapon. So she says, okay, I'm going to go in on the backhand. And it was down the line. It was cross-court and that beautiful flair on, on the one-hander. It was incredible. And what Conchita has talked about was her mindset change because before that, she was kind of disturbed by the bad bounces. Everybody is. You know, grass is difficult to play on. And she said that year it clicked that you can't have perfect bounces and I've got to stay positive. And that was the difference that helped her and those great passing shots helped her take that title. And and I think she also maybe helped Spanish tennis believe that they could be successful on a surface grass Mm -hmm. that before they they thought was so foreign that they were clay quarters. But uh, she really changed that narrative around. 33 singles titles, 13 more in doubles, got to number two in the world, won a whole ton of Fed Cup titles with the Spanish team as well. Conchita Martinez can't wait to hear what she has to say later today. And how about Goran Ivanisevic, the Croatian star, who his shining moment also came at the All England Club. But this is kind of after he was a big-time deal. He was ranked 125 in the world. He was a, a wild card coming into this event. And then Pam got wins over three future Hall of Famers on the way to this title. And this was a very rainy Wimbledon. This was actually played on the Monday against Patrick Rafter, who'd won two U.S. Opens, but it always wanted as an Australian, like we saw Barty win Wimbledon this year. He came up short, but Goran, after all the times he'd been in the finals, this meant so much to him. And uh, what a Wimbledon that was to have had the fans come in and wave the flags. It was a very different center court audience. Yeah, this was this was storybook right here. Uh, You said 125. He had played the Australian Open qualifying loss in the first round. He said, why am I doing this? And why am I still playing? And a friend said, that's not the way that you can end. So he gets the wild card. He beats Henman over three days in the semifinals and People's Monday. So there weren't proper tickets. First time anybody first come first serve. And he goes out and, and wins that title at 29 when it didn't look. You know, he, he'd lost three finals, one to Agassi, uh, two to Sampras. A couple of those were five setters. He thought it wasn't going to happen. So for everything, the stars to align, it was a great story. Beat Roddick, beat Safin, and then beat Pat Rafter in that final. Goran Ivanisevic getting inducted later today into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. He now coaches Novak Djokovic. He's also coached Milos Raonic, Tomas Burdick, and others 
Well, also getting inducted posthumously today, Dennis Vandermeer, the teacher of all teachers, is what they call Dennis. Legendary coach developed a standardized manner of teaching this sport. Coach Billie Jean King in the Battle of the Sexes wrote numerous books on tennis and helped make the sport just so much more accessible to everyone, Pam. And not enough coaches, I think, are in the Hall of Fame in the contributor category. Uh, what Dennis Vandermeer did to try and organize coaching in a better way have tennis taught a little more uniformly and have certain standards that coaches needed to meet was really important. And uh, I just remember through decades seeing Dennis and Pat Vandermeer, his wife Pat of many, many years, come to tennis tournaments as well as coaching uh, juniors down in South Carolina. They brought so much to the sport of tennis, very well deserved. Yeah, he started the USPTR with Association for Tennis Professionals, so four pros. That was the first time. That was so key. And I find it so sad that he was not inducted while he was still alive. He just recently passed in 2019. Yeah. We will have much more on all the new Hall of Fame inductees coming up here on TC Live. We are 20 minutes away from the big ceremony in Newport, Rhode Island at the International Tennis Hall of Fame. Fame may be fleeting, but the Hall of Fame is forever. Our countdown to the newest classes of tennis immortals continues after this. You're watching TC Live. Tennis Channel Live is presented by Fidelity Wealth Management. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Austin Shriver Weissman back on TC Live. Tennis Channel Summer in the Cities bringing you the best action over the next few weeks. We've got three ATP events and two WTA events starting Monday. The U.S. Open Series heats up July 26th with hardcourt action in Atlanta. We've got the City Open, San Jose starting August 2nd, and then the Canadian Masters. Tracy, what are you looking forward to there? Well, San Jose, Coco Goff is playing, and Emma Raducanu, mm -hmm. the young player, the Brit that did so well at Wimbledon. And then I'm so pleased that we're going to actually have the Rogers Cup in Canada because that was nip and tuck until just this last week in Montreal and Toronto because of COVID. Yep. But it looks like it's happening. And from my home area, I grew up in Baltimore and yep. played D.C. was my first pro event. I'm looking forward to Rafa going into the City Open. First time one of the big three That's is right. coming to the nation's capital. Cannot wait for that. All right, time now to enter the social net here on TC Live. And I want to get <laughs> hear what both of you have to say. Tracy, what is going on here? The conversation between Martina and Billie Jean King during the Wimbledon ladies' final. What are they saying? Well, I think they're breaking the final down. Of course, <laughs> Pliskova started out very slowly, lost the first 14 points, and then worked her way back into the match. But these are two ladies that love to break down tactics. Does she need to be more aggressive? Does she need to use the slice more? Martinez, they're right in it. I mean, anybody more passionate about the game than these two? Just 40 Wimbledon titles between those <laughs> two women. And I remember when Martina helped Billie Jean win her 20th in 1979. All right. Uh, well, we've got a tennis queen, a tennis king, and then in front of them, a prince and the princess. I talk about a royal box there future at Wimbledon. Future king and queen. Yeah, the future king and queen, absolutely. Take a look at this. Len Manuel Miranda voicing the U.S. Open 2021 marketing campaign, The Greatest Return. 
How cool is that? I want to be in the room where that happens, Pam. Ah, the room where it happens. <laughs> I won't go the rest of it. He loves, he's a big Fed fan, loves tennis, comes to the U.S. Open many, many years. I believe he's sitting there beside our friend Cat Adams. And uh, this, is, this is what makes tennis bigger, is to having stars like this come out to enjoy and love the game. Just six weeks away from seeing which young, scrappy, and hungry player will not throw away their shot. we got to get as many Hamilton references in as we can. Uh, how about this one? Tracy, you remember this? Oh my Our own Nico God. Pereira tweeted your dress from the International Tennis Hall of Fame Museum. Who made this? That was Little Miss Tennis. It was really the only dresses that were around that were that small. I was like five feet tall. And you notice the pocket. Uh, pocket was there for that second serve if I needed it. <laughs> Really important, and it was cotton, it was comfortable, but uh, that dress got to the quarters of the U.S. Open when I was 14. Classic. Tracy always had the ball in her pocket. She never missed a first serve. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't big, but it probably went in. (laughs) When did you send that to them? Uh, Years back. You know, something special my mama did was she kept all my dresses. And uh, I was actually looking for some things for this show. And I went down in the basement last night and I found all my dresses that she had kept, all my Ted Tinlin dresses and and all of those. That's amazing. Very sweet. Thanks to to Nico for for sending us that shot, putting that on Twitter. Pretty cool stuff. All right. We are moments away from the International Tennis Hall of Fame inducting two classes tonight. 2020 and 2021. The folks gathering to hear from Conchita Martinez, the original nine, Goran Ivanisevic, and more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Ceremony forthcoming. And while our time of greatness is finite, to be enshrined in Newport, Rhode Island is to be immortalized for all time. Nine women changed the game forever. Katrina Adams tells their story. Well, from 68 to 70, we just had less and less. We had less places to compete. They were dropping women's tournaments. We were making anywhere from probably eight to one ratio of money. The writing was on the wall. Things were just going to go away for us. Once the pro tennis took hold, it took a couple of years to get real money. In the beginning, it grew in leaps and bounds just for the men. Gladys Hellman was the publisher of World Tennis Magazine. Players approached her to see if she would help them earn more money and escape the control of their national tennis associations. My mother was a doer. She spent her life on the phone, typing, this and that, but she was also running a magazine. She lived in New York and knew everybody. We figured if anybody could help us, it would be Gladys. With seven American women and two Australians on board, Gladys and Billie Jean King began to organize their first tournament, the Houston Invitational. My mother came up with an idea that in order to protect the players, they had to become what was called contract pros. And that meant they signed an agreement with her, a contract, for $1 for one week. 
So already, this is not any normal tennis tournament. So it was quite difficult, actually, you know, in the thought that when we'd signed that we might never play in any Grand Slams again. So it was a big sacrifice. I mean, we took a huge chance, I must say. So Gladys called me and she said, I'm going to have a tournament. I want you to come and play because there's going to be some earth-shattering things that happen there. As a longtime friend of Joe Coleman, the chairman of tobacco giant Philip Morris, Gladys negotiated with Coleman to have him sponsor this new women's tour, the Virginia Slim Circuit. So she went and got a cigarette company. Of course, I about passed out because I never smoked. And I'm like, you can't do that. We're athletes, you know. She says, did you sign a $1 contract with me? I said, yes, I did. And she goes, I got the sponsor. Are you going to play? I said, yes. So uh, it was pretty funny. They showed us marketing, how to sell ourselves. And they had the money to back everything up. It was our chance to prove that we could get a circuit going. We're going to prove to you that people like coming to watch the women play. We always had so many people come up to us after our matches and say, I really liked watching women's tennis because at the time, the men were two-hit wonders. We were promoting that women are strong and strong is beautiful. We couldn't have done it without Billy, but then she couldn't have done it without us. Unless we got together as a group, we weren't going to have any power or say as to what prize money was available for us. You know, I think I get too much credit. I think we should give credit to the original nine. It took, you know, all of us, but it took Gladys, Philip Morris, Joseph Coleman, and the nine. If you just take one away of those three, it wouldn't have happened. Really, it started women's tennis, what we did, and then it grew from there. And the Women's Tennis Association was formed about three or so years later. But this was the, the start of, of the women's pro game. I'm really proud of it. I mean, as the years go by, I get more and more proud of it. My girls are really proud of it. I've got two daughters, and they, they just think it's incredible that we did this. We stood up for something important, and we looked the people in the eye who were doing us harm, and we said, go away. And I know we were part of this change that brought about a different world where women could be proud to be athletes, and I'm really happy about that. I just always think, you know, we did it. We had the guts and the courage. No matter what happened, if we'd never get to play again, if we'd never get to play again, it didn't matter. It was for the future generations. Nine players, nine dollar bills, and the moment that changed everything for future generations. The OGs soon to be in the HOF. Peaches Barkowitz, Rosie Casals, Judy Dalton, Judy, Julie Heldman, Billie Jean King, Carrie Melville-Reed, Christy Pigeon, Nancy Ritchie, and Valerie Ziegenfuss. That is your original nine. And it all starts and ends, though, with Billie Jean King. I know she tried to deflect a lot of that credit. You both mentioned Billie Jean King in your Hall of Fame speeches. I went on YouTube. I watched both of them last night. What, what, what's the biggest lesson, Pam, that, that you learned from Billie Jean King? Well, I guess when I was looking at that piece, I kept thinking that Billie Jean King's vision wasn't the perfect vision. All the different eyeglasses, she needed help to see right physically. But her vision 
for what she wanted in life, what she wanted for equality, was more than 2020. It was extraordinary. And thank goodness tennis was lucky enough to capture her in Long Beach all those years ago. And for me, when Billy writes her autograph, she says, go for it, mm. Billie Jean King. And if there's anybody that goes for it, it's Billie. And when she, she gets behind something, when she's passionate about something, she started World Team Tennis. She started the Women's Tennis Association, Women's Sports Foundation. She really made such a difference, not just for women's tennis, but all women everywhere for equality. So, yes, they needed all of them as a team, but they needed her charisma and her ability to connect with the public for it to work. Billie Jean King, National Tennis Center. I mean, she, she is all over the place. She is the king of our sport. And we will hear from Billie Jean King in the ceremony at the International Tennis Hall of Fame. Tough to find a seat there. It's coming up just about 10 minutes away from the induction ceremony. Don't go anywhere. What I have lived is more than I could ever have hoped for because so many people have nurtured me, they've guided me, befriended me, pushed me, calmed me, challenged me, encouraged me, and most of all, believed in me. From the deepest place in my heart, there's a big thank you for everyone who's touched me. I was five years old when I first uh, hit a tennis ball and a racket was put in my hand. And I never wanted to learn another sport, and I still don't. I'm proud to say that no other sport has benefited from having such great people as its leaders. The big four guys really pissed me off most of the time when I played them. But I'm absolutely proud to have my life and career associated with such, such quality individuals. I've given a very good part of my soul to the game of tennis, but as in life, when you give, you receive. And I must say that tennis has given me soul, and that debt I can never repay. Thank you very much. Amazing speeches from other members of our Tennis Channel family. Of course, Martina Navratilova was the presenter for you in 2002. And she's the ticket that got me into the Hall of Fame. I had a good singles career, but it was the doubles partnership with Martina that got me in. So <laughs> thank you, Martina. <laughs> you, were, you were there for Lindsay's? Just, it was only seven years ago. What do you remember about that? Yeah, I remember how well-spoken Lindsay was. And it was such a, a pleasure and a joy to be there, to put the jacket on Lindsay after, because we grew up in the same town. I've yeah. known Lindsay since she was knee-high to a grasshopper and to see her flourish and, and win three majors and... You grow up to be a mama of four. It's just, it's just uh, so special. Both coached by Robert Landstorp. I know you mentioned him in, yes. in your speech as well. Of course, this weekend in Newport, Rhode Island, not all about the Hall of Fame. It's also the Hall of Fame Open. We've got some tennis in the big event, ATP 250. Earlier today, the semifinals, Kevin Anderson making the most of a wild card. Pam taking on the top seed, Alexander Bublik. Well, Anderson now ranked outside the top 100 in the world. He's been to two major finals, had a lot of injuries, struggled at the beginning of the match. But as things progressed, he got more and more momentum. His experience shone through. Bublik, the number one seed, he's kind of a bit of a hot dog. He does some crazy stuff, underarm serve. And in the third set, while it was tight as can be, there was nothing more tight than when Bublik was down break point at five all in the final set and double faulted, giving Anderson the window. And Kevin Anderson went straight through that window. An amazing performance, getting a wild card into this event and coming through to the final, taking out the top seed, the South African. Who will he play 
in the final. It'll be Jensen Brooksby, who we saw take out Jordan Thompson earlier today. And take a look at six finals on Championship Sunday. Coverage starts 7 a.m. Eastern. Tracy, what are you looking forward to from this? I am looking forward to Kevin Anderson, 35 years old, against Jensen Brooksby, just 20 years old. There's just a vast gulf of experience. Anderson, two-time finalist at majors. And Jensen Brooksby just getting started, but uh, he's going to give Anderson a handful. What about Krajcikova carrying forward in another final just about six weeks after the French Open? She's won 19 of her last 20 matches. Incredible stuff. There will be a Czech winner at that event. And we are going to have those speeches, the ceremony, and everything just minutes away from two new classes being inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. 